to another episode of International Immersion. I, I'm here, your host, Herman, Sean, Scarlett, and today's topic is gonna be banking slash currency exchange slash just money overall uh, from the perspective of a Chinese to US, US to Chinese, or just a foreign to a foreign country. Um, if you've traveled, uh, you've always had to deal a little bit with foreign currency. Uh, a lot of countries don't have the same credit systems as we have in the US. So something that you might have to do is exchange it for some euros, uh, yen or uh, RMB. Very good. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, and this is and as you may have noticed, we did a episode in the past about banking in China. And we kind of touched on this a little bit about as a foreigner going to China, if you are there long enough, you may have to use the, the Chinese banking system and their, you know, and everything that comes along with it, monetary system, etc. So we thought it'd be a kind of a nice counterbalance to talk a little more about, you know, just travel in general and how people manage money when they travel and how they adapt to new systems. And also having a Chinese person's perspective of coming to the U.S. and using our financial system and banking system. It's kind of a good contrast. Yeah, so Sean, uh, Sean, uh, when he went to US, uh, China, uh, oh, I hope yeah. I didn't go to the U.S. again. I'm already oh, a U.S. You citizen. Did, you, did, you did go back to the U.S. <laughs> yeah, I'm back uh, now. <laughs> uh, you, you had the school kind of set up a bank account for you. Yes, mm -hmm. because when I got, um, when I went there to start my master's degree, I got a scholarship, and part of it was a monthly stipend. Uh, for research and also just for living expenses so I could do my program. So the what happened was when I got there, the first after the first couple of days, the school opened a bank account for me along with mm -hmm. the other students or the other international students who got the same award I did. And then they gave us some paperwork and then we went to the bank and opened the account. They gave us our their uh, debit card and at, at that time, our, the university I was at, they used uh, Bank of China or Zhongguo Yinhang. So when I went there, I got my card, and but I had to put some mon some money into the bank account to start it. They didn't open it because they it took them a few weeks for us to get our first stipend. And actually, they told us it would take a few weeks, but it actually took almost a month. So, but the nice thing is we got two months of stipend at one time. So it was a bit rough, but once we got it, it was good. But I had I remember. I had to take some the RMB I had, and I just put ten RMB or Chinese yuan into the bank account to open it, mm. and that's all I had to do. But it still took quite a while. I was there over an hour because there was paperwork. All the paperwork was in Chinese, and uh, luckily yeah. it was relatively faster than the other foreigners going because the school had already done most of it. We just had to do our our portion of it, mm. but it was still a shock because it was very different from. The U.S. banking system, especially the the environment within the bank itself. Yeah. So, uh, so you so prior to your trip, you actually did did a currency exchange. Yes, and uh, I actually did it in uh, in China. I did some at the airport, mm. uh, and I did some at a bank. Most of the airport because I needed quick cash, and it was a good deal. But in retrospect, I wish I would have waited because even though I got a pretty decent deal, I could have got a better deal if I would have done more at the bank. Mm -hmm. So, but. It was really important because I took five hundred dollars and then I converted that and it came out to 
a little more than 3,000 Chinese yuan because at that point the exchange rate was around 6.15 in 2014. The Chinese yuan is devalued to now it's about 7. Yeah. No, I've heard that the airport currency exchanges I was feel a little bit more better than uh, than the bank in the I mean from the US system I guess I mean I've compared like when I converted money in or I should say tried to convert money here in the states versus in China versus in China there's no comparison is that cheaper oh it's much cheaper in China okay. I remember I converted um, $500 from I think like 3,000 yuan and I only it I got charged maybe less than ten dollars for that whole commission. Hmm. In the U.S., it would have been like close to eighty. Oh wow! At my bank, so it was. I mean, it, it's night and day. It's night and day. Especially if you have a bank account in China, it's much easier now. Every time I went to exchange currency, it would take anywhere from fifteen minutes to forty-five minutes because there was a lot of paperwork. I had to sign form after form, but then they'd issue me the 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 USD for after I converted it. But the, it was worth it because you save a lot of money in the conversion. Mm-hmm. So I would say from everywhere I've exchanged, it's much better to do it in China. Mm-hmm. Yes. I exchanged all this money. Not all, but a, some of the money back in China when I was in uh, in a bank in China. I think I, 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 I don't understand math, so I just go, I just went to the very... <laughs> You know, a bank near, and I get it, get it done. And it's funny because they have, um, they have like a lim- annual limitation on the amount of money that you can do exchange. Yes, that's right. Right. Do you still have? Do you have that in the United States? Um. If you want to. Have I actually don't know. I mean, I do money. know. I know with with US, you can't deposit more than ten thousand dollars at one time without drawing a lot of attention, but. I know when I was in China as a foreigner, I can only convert 500 USD a day. Yeah. And okay. Chinese and like, but my girlfriend, for example, she can convert up to 50,000 every year. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the annual limit. But for me. There's an annual limit for, and you have to um, be very explicit on the purpose of that money. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's another thing is like, since I'm an American, I could buy my, because I'm an American citizen. But if I wanted to buy it, it wasn't a problem. But if I wanted to exchange it, I had to show receipts for it. So if I, I went to the bank one time and said, I want to buy USD specifically, not a problem. But if I said exchange, they, they said, we need you to show the receipts when you cash the money in. So that is another thing. So you have to be very very specific in how you word it, how you want when you do the transaction. Hmm. Now, if you just have USD and you want to convert it into yuan, it's very easy. But to get dollars back from yuan, it's much more difficult depending on if you're there as a student, working, or just traveling. Because if you're just traveling there and you convert money when you come in, in order to convert it back, you have to show the receipt that you converted it. Otherwise, they won't give it back to you in USD. Mm. Because the yuan is not an internationally tradable currency, at least for travelers. Oh. So, I mean, it's it's tradable, but if you're visiting there, you try to convert it back, I, I you know... I, yeah, I've had friends who tried. Nope, you don't. You can't. You don't have a receipt. You can't do it. Oh wow! And yeah. I mean, I'm not, I don't have the full story, but I do know it's much more. Uh, how should I say it? Restrictive converting it back to USD. But if you want to convert, no problem at all, for, mm. to get the local currency, at least in mainland China. Mm. Yeah, and that's why I always try to like 
very like sometimes even go low to the money that I try to exchange. Mm -hmm. So like just because like I don't want it to exchange it. I actually like even keeping a little bit of foreign money in my pocket at all times. And like I like on my trip to Japan, I I had like a hundred bucks left, and I I knew I was gonna go back. So like. There's no need to exchange it. No, I think it's very important if you're traveling, always keep some of your home, your, your home country currency on you in case you do, when you go back. I don't have Airbnb with me right now. <laughs> <laughs> I have no money, no Chinese yeah. money. But I, yeah, but my rule is I'd always keep at least $100 in cash with me. Even if it wasn't with me while I was out, I have it in my hotel room or I have it in my dorm room just in case I need like an emergency fund when I have to go back to the U.S. for any reason. Mm. But... Um, yeah, I would always keep maybe a, f a few dollars in my wallet at any time and then the local currency. But I think it just depends on your reason. If you're living there and you're, if you're working there or you're a student, it, yeah. it's much more, not it's not as a big of an issue. But if you're there like on a business trip, you need to be a little more conscientious about that. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think it's enough when you have a Visa card. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that's what I was going to say. Like, uh, yeah. uh, now that... Especially on airport areas, like uh, I, I kind of understand the, 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 the scare of not of having hard currency. But for my, my, for me, for somebody that's moved away from actually having any cash-based currency, mm -hmm. I'm strictly credit cards. And the, the reason that I'm so credit cards is because there's no, uh, uh, in, uh fees that come mm. with international so like well i mean it depends on the credit card oh yeah yeah, yeah. of course like you, you have to get a credit card that doesn't yeah. have those international fees but that's why yeah and i would uh, say that you know yeah if like now when i when i went back to china on my last business trips yeah i use my american credit cards to withdraw money in my one travel card no foreign transaction fees it's very nice mm -hmm. but when i was a student in china i still mainly used my chinese debit card or cash because I could have used my American credit cards, but because I wasn't living in the U.S., it wasn't really... I would have had to pay that by going to the U.S. banking system. So why bother when I'm living there and I have everything I need there? But now that I'm back, I'm more... I know some Chinese students who are studying in the United States. They can actually use their Chinese credit cards to do everything, to pay their tuition and to buy things, buy groceries, and the parents can pay... Yeah. yeah, yeah. If yeah, especially if the, if their Chinese credit cards have a Visa or or Mastercard, yeah, you know, yeah. You know, access. I mean, yeah, as long as the network exists, and I'm pretty sure, heck, I've seen even the Union Pay as like I know this is the big Chinese network payment network. Yeah, my uh, my Chinese debit card is Union Pay, and actually, I found that here in the U.S., Walmart, Denny's, and a few other retailers actually will accept it. So I can actually use it here in the U.S. at select retail locations or even restaurants. Yeah. So. If you're in that country, if you're in China, the biggest pay system can be Ali. Alipay, uh, yes. Alipay, which is e-commerce. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you bring up a really good point, Scarlett. You know, we don't need cash anymore. We don't <laughs> even bring your cards with us every day you can, as, long you have, as long as you have a phone. You just need a phone <laughs> and need the Alipay app. <laughs> yeah, you use your phone, you're, you use WeChat or Alipay. Yeah. yeah. I think that's something that it's going to change a lot, especially in the coming years. I, I, you just see, start seeing like even vending machines and stuff like that accept these P2P payments such mm -hmm. as Google Pay, Apple Pay, yeah. uh, Alipay, we, WeChat. And, I, and I've actually 
to my surprise, started seeing a lot more of this in Japan. Like, so the first time I went to Japan, it was all cash. It, like, there was no way for you to use your credit card at almost anywhere. Uh, I mean, like, the 7-Elevens, you know, like, they'll do it. But the other stuff it was cash, cash, cash. And when I went there last week, uh, it was had all changed into WePay, Alipay. And I'm like, wow. Yeah, and that's that's a cool point because, like, when I first arrived in China in 2014, there was still a lot more cash. But the four years I was there, less mm-hmm. cash, less cash, more Alipay, WeChat Pay, you know, or they call it Jifu Ball. Jifu Ball. In recent years, I don't use, I didn't remember myself carrying cash with me every day. <laughs> Yeah. No, but it, yeah, because the longer I was there, the less cash I would carry because I would use, you know, I first got there, I used cash for everything. Mm-hmm. By my last year in China, I used Alipay for almost everything. Mm-hmm. And I used WeChat Pay, but for me, I just gravitated toward Alipay because it, you literally just, okay, I want to get some breakfast. I pull up the app, pull up my QR code, they scan it, money's transferred. Or if yeah. I, or if someone, if I helped, if I bought someone something and they wanted to pay me back, they just send it via you know, like, yeah. yeah, so it's very convenient. Although, when I I know at first, if you can move money from your bank account to Alipay without any any like transaction fee, but now if you move Alipay money from Alipay back to the bank, it's like a one percent charge. Yeah, and that's yes. changed since I while I was there. And I know a lot of people were like, "What the?" When that happened. Uh, yeah, I've started to see a lot of that happen, especially like with PayPal. Uh, They've started to crack down a little bit more on the transaction fees. I mean, granted, I mean, you know, they need to make money somehow. Uh, and, and transactions are always taking like 2% of every single transaction. I mean, that adds up. I don't oh, think that's yeah. a problem for Ali, Alibaba or for WeChat. Because these are really big, big companies back in China. They, they yeah, really I... have many customers. And... So you think that they, they don't really even need to do that? They don't really need to do that because they have really they have, they have money circulating mm. in their accounts and they can do well, anything I, with that. Yeah, you know, my facts may not be a hundred percent correct, but I think this last double uh, eleven or or they call <laughs> Singles Day in China. Yeah, that's my the birthday. last check. Your last birthday? Oh, happy birthday! <laughs> so what a birthday! birthday. <laughs> what a birthday! You get cheap presents. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. not just cheap, but a lot of presents. A lot of presents. <laughs> But I think that Alibaba did, I think, over 32 billion U.S. in sales this this past uh, double eleven. Mm. Would I mean it's 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 their I'd say it's it's their their version of Black Friday. Yeah. Yes. And uh, my girlfriend told me she bought four thousand yuan worth of stuff, and I'm mm, like, that's what? That's an average level. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, and I I know other people who buy a lot more, and it's crazy. Like she showed me a picture of like her her housing complex. The, the mail area where the mail comes in, it was just wall-to-wall, ceiling-to-ceiling, or floor-to-ceiling, full of packages. I was like, oh, my Lord. Mm. I'm like, I feel so sorry for the delivery people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Actually, you brought up something very interesting that sometimes it kind of catches me, and I, d- I don't know how much uh, I've actually spent. Yes. Is the, is like the currency exchange in the value system that we all have in our head, right? So like we think like a dollar is a pretty cheap thing, right? So like a dollar here maybe buys you 
dollar equals to seven yuan, which is not, which is a little bit. Yeah, seven is something. So like a McDonald's meal here is what like anywhere from seven dollars, eight dollars, four to ten dollars. Like at the cheapest, at the low end, like I can get, I can get a number nine. Which is a double cheeseburger meal for as low as four nineteen. If I get the the smallest size of it, so I'd say you know four four fifty to ten dollars depending mm. on what you buy. Whereas in China, like I bought a lot of stuff is between twenty and forty yuan for the meals. My av- average is I the double the double the double cheeseburger combo in or two cheeseburger combo however you want to call it in China is like twenty five twenty six yuan. So it's pretty similar, mm. but still the value you know like. You know, we're from the U.S., you know, we think of things in dollars, but while I was in China, because I was there long enough, I actually started thinking in renminbi, mm. in, yeah. in, in terms yeah. of value, of what I could buy for what it's worth. So now I kind of can switch back and forth, but I know a lot of people, they, they don't do that, yeah. or they haven't, they, I can't, I shouldn't say they can't do that, they just haven't got to that point yet. I am still adjusting myself to U.S. money system. And I have, I'm still trying to figure out one hundred dollar worth this. Worth this. Oh, like what's one hundred U.S. dollars worth? Yes. Mm. Because How you much? know, because <laughs> you know, yeah, seven hundred. So okay. yeah, like a hundred RMB. You know how much that will, yeah. the purchasing yeah. power yeah. that has. But how does that compare to a hundred dollars? What the purchasing purchasing power, you hundred USD has. Yeah, hundred dollars is quite a bit. Like. For a lot of countries, yeah, that's a lot. I mean, seven hundred in China. I mean, actually, it's not a lot in, in Japan. Uh, I, well, yeah, Japan. Like in Japan, <laughs> I, I fly through ten thousand yen like in a day almost. <laughs> oh, oh ouch! Yeah, I like because it. it that's it, how much U.S. dollars. A hundred. So 10,000 10, yen is a hundred, and like. But because it breaks down very quickly from bills into coins. And once it starts going into coins, my brain goes, "All right, this is pocket change. This is not, <laughs> this is not money." But like a five hundred yen, that's five bucks. So like, I I I think the the fact that a lot of our money system is done through the paper, right? And I mean, we have quarters, we have dimes, but I, I just don't use I them. I think as quarters money. are probably the most common because that's you know laundry, a lot of things. You know, yeah. But but still, yeah. As Americans, oh, coins, that's not worth anything. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, coins to at least coins to me. I I only use it to get my shopping cart from Aldi's. That's about it. It's kind of like in Taiwan, in Taiwan, where you know, like everything up to the hundred Taiwanese dollars, like coins. So, but you know, you can still buy, go to the service store and buy a drink or a couple of drinks with just the coins. So actually, the coins do add up quick. So you have to kind of adjust, especially like in Japan. You know, one dollar is a hundred yen. So yeah. if you and like in Taiwan, you know, one dollar is thirty Taiwanese dollars. So if you go from the, like the a U.S. style currency where one dollar is more to like something where you start off at a hundred and go up, it, it kind of messes with your head a little bit if you don't really think yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah, by far the most annoying currency is the one yen or the penny, because like one yen is like it's useless. The vending <laughs> machines don't use it. They're like. You could give it to a Seven Eleven person, but maybe that even then is like, eh. it's it's like the most useless piece of currency ever. 
You know, another another fun fun <laughs> thing going on that is that like you know if you go to the ATMs like in different countries, you know, the, you know, in the U.S. you go to an ATM, you almost always will get twenties, sometimes tens. Yeah. In China, you only get hundreds, which yes. is the, which is the oh, highest yes. denomination bill. Yeah. So sometimes if you get if you pull up money and you try to get something cheap, they're like they don't want to take the hundred because you know you're buying a four two three four dollar dr- oh yeah you want drink and you're like crap i can't get anything smaller <laughs> no i feel you man i i, I go to the 7-eleven I, and i put a bottle of a soda bottle there and i give them a ten thousand and they go really yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. here you go <laughs> many many a time <laughs> Yeah, many a times I've gone to a service station and I'm like, crap, I only have a hundred and I can see the guy and I literally am just saying, Divachi, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't I can't get anything smaller because you know, now if the bank's open I can go in and get smaller denominations, but if you just go to the ATM, that's all you're gonna get. Mm. Unless you go maybe to a restaurant and you can break it that way or just buy something, but Many a times, like I said, they're left like, really? Or I clean out all their small bills because they have to give me that back. And I'm like, I'm sorry. A hundred dollars is a lot. I, I paid uh, the taxi driver when I first entered the United States, a hundred dollars. And he was trying to ask, do you have smaller cash? Mm. Right. Or smaller bills, yeah. 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 actually... I mean, what a car fare from here to the airport is like fifty bucks. Well, I've, when I flown back from China, like in Chicago, from Chicago to the hotel ride stay, it's yeah. like fifty dollars one yeah, way. No. It's yeah. it's pretty it's rough. <laughs> Whereas in China, I can go like in Hangzhou. I I took a cab almost one, from one side of the city to the other. It was like a hundred and twenty, which mm. is maybe mm. just under twenty dollars. So I mean, on a cost basis, it's more like just in numbers, but value wise, it's still a lot cheaper. Than fifty dollars U.S. If you're thinking from the U.S., but if you're in China, that's still a good chunk of money to spend on cab on cab fare. Yeah, I think that's actually something that I've started to notice drains our bank accounts, especially when you're in foreign countries. Is transportation like yes, like it, sure. uh, when I was out out and about, like it would be twenty bucks for a cab fare uh, almost anywhere. It's around twenty bucks in Japan, and then on the train system. You can get almost anywhere with two hundred yen, which is two dollars. But I mean, it's like per per exit, right? So like they one charge you per every... exit, so that's one, two, three, and that just starts like whittling you down slowly but surely. And I'd say that's the difference I'd say between Japan and China in terms of the kind of the, how it adds up is that like I take the metro in in uh, Hangzhou like a long way, six RMB, which is like not even like now it's like eighty cents, a little more eighty cents. So. Uh, compared to Japan, it doesn't bleed you as quick. If you're yeah. at least if you're thinking in you in terms of USD, yeah, you know, and I'd spend maybe at most twenty yuan or RMB a day on transportation. That would be if I was going, you know, a bunch of places. You know, and that's yeah. like not even three dollars. Yeah. Oh wow. It's like two eighty two now. I think around. Yeah, I I started to pick up the truck of like getting, for transportation at least like day passes. So like you can get a day pass for like six bucks, and that helped a lot, especially during my last days where I only had like forty bucks left, and half of that was to get to the airport via the train. So, <laughs> and you know, um, 
Yeah, I did the same thing. I got a, a bus oh. and subway card for Hangzhou that I could use, and it had like two different accounts on it: one for bus and one for subway. And I could just, you know, you know, fill it up every month yeah. for both, and just scan it, and it would give me a discount for both the subway and the bus. So like, it wasn't much, but it did help. How much was that cost? Uh, I think like it was like I remember when I got it, it was like I put like fifty yuan on it. Okay. It was like oh, it was only a couple, a couple of you couple of Chinese you want to get it. It was very mm-hmm. cheap. So it was a good investment. Especially if you're staying there for a longer period of time. Yeah. Get a subway car, get a bus car. It really is That's worth useful. It. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So so what's, from your experience, Carla, what is the most, the thing that whittles you down most here in the U.S.? Mm, I have to say uh, transport, transportation is one of the biggest issue. Uh, since I don't have a car here, I go to school every day. Um, my bus mm. so it's like a $50 monthly a monthly card it's, also, it's like a monthly card that I get from it's like, school so it's like a fifth it's like $50, 50 a, a month, month like a bus fee for bus fee yes in transportation so you pay $50 a month and you can take the bus as much as you want yes, yes. okay yeah, that's Local. actually quite expensive. That's compar- really expensive in comparison. Yeah, it's like fifty times seven. Yeah, mm. that's mm. yeah, that's a <laughs> ouch. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah and, and it's funny as I know that a lot of people when they go abroad, especially if they're used to their currency, they see the foreign the foreign currency. Oh wow, it looks like monopoly money. And I remember when I was studying abroad in Europe, you know, some of my American you know, classmates, they thought, oh, it's just monopoly money. And, I'm, I had, I was, and I was like tapping, guys, it's worth more than ours right now. And they were like, oh, yeah. yeah. And, and like whenever I would take money out for the week from my bank, I'd take like 100 euros out a week. And that's not a lot, but I could make it last. And every time I look at my bank statement, you just withdrew $130. And I'm like, oh. Mm. <laughs> so that was just like a, not even around a, at the time, like a 25 cent per dollar difference the euro was like one at, back in 2014 it was like one dollar was like 0.74 euro cents now it's like 0.9 but still that that hurt so i mean can you imagine one to seven yeah yeah that's totally different ball game it, it adds up it adds up like those currency exchanges so besides for for transportation what else have you found that is kind of will drain you here in terms of your Financial pop, As an power. international student, I don't have to spend a lot. Um, and and here in the U.S., I think groceries and food, comparatively, not very expensive. I think it's they're oh. okay. They're so, okay. So it's like um, it's only the rent and transportation and phone bills. Mm, yes. <laughs> yeah. Especially, yeah, I paid thirty yuan as as a special student deal for my service in China. And I pay 170 oh, for two lines here. Deal. Yeah, so that was even better. So that's like five dollars. Do you even have a student deal here? For... No. No. They do. I mean, they. I think like I know like I mean I some think... universities. If you're a student, you can get a discount or something, but it's nothing like that. So, Not even close to that. So which carrier are you with here? AT and T. Oh, yes, so it's AT and T. So yeah, so so you're paying for a good service, but it's heck of expensive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, actually, I've, one of our previous uh, internet foreign friends actually they used uh, Cricket, which is like a watered down version of AT and mm-hmm. um, T. They're owned by the same company. What is funny is that I get this phone 
uh, with another friend because it's like it's like a, they have a special deal for buy one get one buy one get one and and I just have to have an iPhone because I have I bring my Chinese phone which is a Huawei device mm. with mm. <laughs> and all Google services are blocked there so it's like I need to have a map because I'm in a foreign city <laughs> <laughs> so I just have to have this phone so I get this uh, I and my friend. Uh, we were in this contract and we get this phone together. Yeah, so he has uh, this one and I had another. And we have to pay $400 each at the beginning to start this contract. And then and then there's a monthly uh, payment of, f- of about $50. Yeah. So together it's like $100 a month divided between the two of you? Yes. And... So yeah. you, and that's a two-year contract. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So yeah, that's that's the problem. So companies like AT and T and Verizon, you know, they 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 provide the best service. You're 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 not gonna beat them. But By they, best service, you mean? So like you'll you comparative compared to you'll like you'll be, you'll be able to make calls or get data almost anywhere in the U.S. Yeah, almost okay. any place you go, the 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 not very strong signal here. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think there's something shady going on with this apartment regarding data. <laughs> so so oh okay. So, so, I mean, if you're talking about service, I think China offers better service compared to America. Oh, I mean, those are fighting words. I used to work for a telco. <laughs> Yeah, well, let's not get into a little, let's not get into a trade war here. <laughs> no, but yeah, but the, but the problem is that the, the services are extremely expensive and yes. uh, yeah, you you the only reason that we make it cheap is because there's like six people in my plan and that oh, that family were, plan. Yeah, family, yeah, family plan. plan. So like we water it down to like I pay like 20 bucks uh, a month. So, uh, it's not that bad overall. Uh, but yeah, 50 bucks a month, that, that hurts, that hurts. Especially with like all the, uh, we open up your account fee, and then we open all up your phone fee. Don't get me started on yeah. the fees. <laughs> and like, yeah. It's like, you get like 50 fees at the beginning. But you know. No, no and, and honestly, you should always check your statements to make sure they're not giving you something that's not that shouldn't be there. Because yeah. I, mean, I know people catch it all the time. They're like, oh, they're stiffing me for this that fee. That doesn't even apply to me. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So besides for transportation and, you know, telecom service, and but those are kind of, what about? I'm actually curious about, you said that, Food here is actually cheaper. So, like, what, uh, um, like a grocery in China, you would spend N versus here M. What do you think? I think the food prices are kind of the same. It's similar, but I it's find similar, that yeah. like f- certain kinds of fruits and vegetables are, are cheaper here. But then again, I would say because like if you go to like it depends on what kind of grocery store you go to. If you go yeah, to like a more base of food is very acceptable. <laughs> I, like, I like I like it, yeah. And you get, you know, fresher vegetables and fruits here. And I, I'd also say the the amount you get is more here, too. Of the course. size. Not not, not just like, you know, you go to the restaurants, but when you go to a grocery store, the, yeah. you can buy more quantity for mm-hmm. a lower price. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's cheap in China for a lot of food, but I would say it depends. Now, the one difference is I think gr- buying stuff at the grocery store or stores here is actually pretty cheap. 
but eating out in the U.S. is more expensive than in China in a lot of the times. Now, fast foods sometimes, but like, because I, when I was in China, I ate it all the time because it was so much cheaper. When I, yes. if I do that here, I'd go bankrupt. Yeah. 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 With all this tipping and <laughs> Yeah, yeah. By far, like you know. the best thing about Asia is, or at least Japan, it's like no tipping. It's like same in China, no tipping. It's like no tipping, okay. Well, yeah, like a typical lunch in Hangzhou, where I was at, around cost me around twenty Chinese yuan, not under three dollars. You know, dinner maybe thirty to fifty, depending on what it was. Depend, or depends on what kind of food exactly. But I but I would always eat more local food, so it's always very cheap. I would never spend usually more than. 50 on any meal unless it was a nice meal if I went out with my friends or went out with my girlfriend for mm. be maybe 50 to a couple hundred but no it's just but if you want western food then it's really expensive mm. but I would say generally speaking eating out is more expensive in the US but buying groceries can be either the same or maybe I could even say cheaper here depending I mean, on what you buy I mean yeah I mean my, my grocery is 40 bucks for two weeks, so 80 bucks a month. Yeah, I mean, I went to the grocery store the other day because uh, I like to go to shop at Aldi's. Yeah. I got a bunch of stuff for more than a week. It was twenty four seventy one exactly. Yeah, so, so like, I, I think, I think it's always where you go. Like, uh, do you have like, um, like, like I don't go to Walmart. I have a. It's not because of any labor thing or anything. It's just because I'm a cheap man, oh. and and every time I w- go to Walmart, I used I always end up spending two hundred dollars. I I went Ouch. there just to buy a box of cereal, and I got some detergent, and somehow this box of cereal and detergent equals two hundred. Funny how all these extra things that oh I do need that too. Oh I think I need that too. Just pop up when you go like, to places and, like that. And when I go to Aldi's, it's like oh it's like ten bucks. It's like what the heck just happened here? What are the best choices of grocery? Well, it really depends because different parts of the U.S. you have different stores. Now, here in the Midwest, I mean, like in our area, Aldi's, I'd say, is probably the cheapest. Yeah. There's also um, Schnucks. It's a local store. Shop and and Save. No, that's no longer here, unfortunately. And then Deerberg's. But I would say Schnucks and Deerberg's are kind of on the high end. And I only go there for special things that I I need. I get all my base things at Aldi's because it's so cheap. But then I go to the other stores if I need something very unique, yeah. like specialty foods or something. There's a family event or function. Yeah, like Walmart has the best bag of rice. Like so, like you yeah, can get like yeah. a ten pound bag of rice for like two bucks. It's like amazing. Like you can yeah. get that. Yeah, like my my normal grocery shopping trip would be all these, and then Walmart or maybe one of the other or two like stores, the and then but well, yeah. it helps me better dollar cost average my the amount of things I get. Did did you have like that type of feeling in in, in China? I guess like where like uh, is there Walmart in China yeah, or some sort of equivalent? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. <laughs> there are many different types of supermarkets. Taoshi, hmm, yeah. that's what we call them. Yeah. We have um, actually the in China some parts um, there are many Korean <clears throat> supermarkets and Japanese supermarkets, and yeah, uh, but people don't like. People don't go to the grocery or supermarkets as you guys do because it's like a necessity here. You have mm-hmm. to go to get your food. But in China, you have other choices. You can always find a market oh, that serves mar- ah, yeah. vegetables and food. And you can go and buy your daily food there. It's just down the streets in the neighborhood. So 
Yeah, there was a farmer's market not far from my uh, where my girlfriend lived and also campus where you could go and buy fresh stuff. Right, right. They'd have everything laid out in a building or outside. Yes. Yeah. And you could just get fresh they vegetables. Meat, vegetables, exactly. everything. Yeah. Like a yes. wet market. Yeah. yeah, and that's one thing that was kind of cool is literally you could go like to a farmer's market and then people, and then like on some days the farmers would t- bring some trucks in full of just produce, different types of... And one day they came in with a huge number of like the judza, like the little or- the clement not clementines but like little oranges, mm-hmm. and I would just go there and I'd buy like a huge bag because they were super cheap, and I- and then I just eat eat them every so winter. So for housewives in China, it's like every day <laughs> it's everyday grocery. Mm. You go to the market every day. You know, I really like that, but yeah, but like we were saying, you just can't do that here in the U.S. as much. Now, like some towns, like here, we have a farmers market every weekend, and. So I like, you know, people like to go there and get fresh produce, but usually they get it for the whole week. Mm. People buy like on a weekly basis. So or that's why you have a lot of frozen vegetables. Yes. <laughs> I don't have yeah. frozen vegetables. It, uh, vegetables are supposed to be vegetables, which really? is fresh. The problem is it's like, you can only buy, it's like, you know, with the, I think the pace of work and everything here, mm. you can't, you can get fresh stuff on the weekend, but you can't keep, you can't yeah. keep it that way all yeah. week or it's harder to. Yeah, it, it, I I think it just goes bad really quickly here, uh, mm. because like as soon as I buy like a, what is it, a head of broccoli, yeah, I literally broccoli. have to either cook it or chop it up and put it in the fridge, exactly. the freezer, yeah, freezer, <laughs> freezer. So yeah. that's why when I yeah. I usually just buy a bunch of frozen vegetables, you know, just a very general but you know, yeah. good quality, just frozen vegetables, and that way I'm good for a week or two weeks. Yeah. But then if I, like, go to the, on the weekend, I'll get maybe some fresh vegetables and prepare mm. them, but... And, I, and I've actually seen, like, the frozen bags of vegetables are actually cheaper than the actual thing. Yes. Like, I get, yeah. like, yeah. 75 cents for a bag of, like, mixed vegetables, like cabbage. No, no, not cabbage. Um, broccoli. Uh, cauliflower. Cauliflower and carrots. Yeah. Which is my favorite. Yeah, like and you, yeah, like a lot of the places they'll have a, a large number of varieties of mixed vegetables, or you get just pure broccoli, you know, pure whatever, mm-hmm. and you know it can be anywhere from like seventy five cents to a couple dollars. It's yeah. for just one. Yeah, so I just buy like three, ten bags of that, and then I just <laughs> pop them in or stir fry them in. So like, oh, okay. yeah, um, in my fridge I have like two or three of each kind, and I just pile them. I'll start yeah. buying those frozen vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I find it's just it, you know, they're. It's not the same as fresh, but it's a great way to keep just your diet a little bit ba- more balanced. It convenient in a cheap yeah, way. It's, it's convenient and like the, the the produce won't go as bad as quickly. And you know, and it's it's not the best food, but it's not bad. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's much more healthy than a lot of other alternatives you could buy. Yeah. Okay. So we talked about that. Now I'm curious. So. What do you think of like banking here versus banking in China? We kind of started off talking about that, but oh. from your experience here, like using banks and getting money and paying your bills and stuff. What what's your yes. how does you know what's your opinion <laughs> about it? <laughs> banks are so different here. You have you have banks and you have credit unions. I have a account I just opened this account but I still have no idea <laughs> what credit unions mean. I mean and um, in the banks I think um in China um what do you think? <laughs> uh, I mean, so like, who who do you bank with? In, uh, or what it's, what is the most popular like banking? Well, there's there's not there's you know there there's like in China there's like a group of big banks that yeah. like we have here. Yes, you got those big banks. Like there's ICBC, there's Zhongguo Inhang Bank of China, 
uh, ABC Agricultural Bank of China, China Construction Bank. Yeah. So those are kind of the big ones you see all over the place. But then every city or place they have smaller, smaller ones. But you know, but they're all very similar in their format. Mm. So, so when, so when you open up yours, was it less like in I and have, out? I or? have accounts from different banks in China, mm-hmm. and I don't think they even ask for maintenance fees or uh, administrative fees. Yeah, they that's are, true. I mean, they, they don't never... have that. But in bigger banks in China, in the United States, for for example, the Bank of America. They oh, ask for like monthly. No, you don't even get me started on Bank of America in terms of fees. No offense, I'm just saying. But yeah, when I was in China, sometimes if sometimes when I get an ATM, there'd be a service fee if it was a different one. Yes. But when it comes to maintaining the account, nothing. My my Bank of America account I had before I closed it. If I didn't maintain at least fifteen hundred dollars a month, it was a twelve dollar a month service fee, which is absurd, obscene, in my opinion. So I do think that. Um, Banks here are a little more fee heavy than the banks over there, mm-hmm. but then again, I never got into more than just personal banking. Yeah. Mm. In China. So, uh, so have you? So, so, what was your previous bank in the U.S.? Oh yes, I, I opened this account uh, when I first came here. It's a um, it's from Commerce Bank. Mm. It's from Commerce Bank. And they did give us a great deal mm. for opening that bank. And they have some requirements. If you meet that requirement, then you have $200 back. Oh, so they give you a bonus. I, nice. I, I have that $200 bonus right now in my account. Mm. It's a nice thing. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, hey, and I'm free money is always nice. i that account now because <laughs> you don't have that bank in this town. <laughs> yeah, because you, t- you said that when you, um, yeah. you know, when you opened that first bank account, we, where you're at now, they don't have that bank anywhere close, which is quite <laughs> not not very convenient. So, yeah. But so, what else can you tell us about like what you so, think of banking so far? So do you think the process was easy here, or very um, compared to China? I think it's it's almost the same. You have to you have to do all the paperwork, and there will, this this banker clerk will help you with everything, right? Um, and it's more like a face-to-face mm-hmm. service in here. I think uh, the girl who was helping me to open this account, she was like talking to me all the time. And in China, that will not happen, mm-hmm. I believe, because there'll be a lot of people waiting in the line and you're supposed to be very efficient. <laughs> and you, you don't expect yourself to be engaging in a personal conversation. Yeah, I totally agree. Like when I go to banks here, like, hey, hey, how's it going? You small talk. They help you with everything. Whereas in China, it's, it's just very cut and dry. There's a, yes. usually a bullet, a huge, there's a glass wall between you yeah, and the person. Yeah, if you're a regular customer, you don't talk to this person face to face. You're waiting yeah. in the line and there will be a yeah. glass wall yeah. in between. Yeah, and sometimes I try to make conversation and they, and they look at me like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, well, you're just, you're doing all this paper, you're just waiting for this to process. I just, we want to talk, but they're just like, what? Whereas here, you know, no big deal. So I just find it more personal here, more personable, yes. which is yes. not is nice. I mean, yeah, I, I think banks, uh, especially in the U.S., uh, care to have that uh, customer to customer relationship. Yeah, know. they definitely emphasize that more. I think it's also to help you know beat the competition. You know. Yeah, yeah, mm. I, yeah. How many banks do you have here? 
there, there's quite a few. Uh, I mean, the big ones are Bank of America, U.S. Bank, City, uh, Chase, um, uh, Wells I mean, Fargo. Yeah, Wells Fargo. Uh, are they? Do they have banking? I know they're. they're they they they're, do loans a lot. I don't yeah. know. They do a lot of loans. And just like Merrill Lynch is owned by Bank of America. Yeah, I mean, there's, Merrill a, Edge. there's a lot of banks. The, the, the thing is, like, the big ones, are, I think, are probably those four yeah. or five. And uh, and then you have, like, small ones. like uh, Then you have mid like regional banks, yeah. mid-level banks, and then, like, the small banks. And I will say that, from experience, the big banks, they definitely give you all the services, but they really can screw you over in terms of fees and, and a lot of the other things. So I would say... For a lot of people, I would go either mid-level or low-level banks because I find the customer service is much better. They have much more value as a customer, and you get better deals. Like you know, I I I go to a credit union too, and I get really good rates, and they're very nice to me, and they always help me out. Yeah, I think I think there's a there's a difference with uh, credit unions versus banks, right? Because a bank a bank is a is a bank for everybody, right? You, me, and and, and potato, but credit <laughs> credit unions are more of a a union, a membership, right? Yeah, you're you a belong, member. You're you a member. Belong to this group, and uh, actually, a lot of credit unions don't allow many people. They they actually make sure that you meet they you meet a certain uh, yep. criteria. Yeah, and I had from to... there. You actually. Um, uh, they provide the best service for you, and that's what they want, right? Those credit unions are there to help you, 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 uh, because you meet their criteria. Exactly. Yeah. Like when I got, I became a member, a member of mine when I got my uh, my first, my second vehicle, and they financed a loan through my credit union, and they give me membership because of that. But otherwise, I would never have gotten in. But now that I'm a member, you know, I really enjoy it because the interest is better, the service is pretty good, and I really, and you know, I'm making a lot more interest in my credit union than I ever could have. The other bank I was at before. So and you're saying the interest rates for uh, from the banks are generally credit unions do provide better service overall, and, and that also includes like interest and like you know better returns on the accounts or even investments you can yeah. you know, put you you know finance to them. So so for banks sometimes their interests their saving their savings account the interest is usually typically low, mm-hmm. um, but that's totally fine. It depends on what type of. Uh, how much you have to put in right and but there's there's things like uh, money market accounts in which they're pretty much the same as like savings accounts mm-hmm. but uh, they yield a higher interest yeah uh, so, so but then you have to have be having like 10k on an uh, on that yeah a lot of those accounts so, they have like you have to have a preset amount to so like put if, in. You, if you have this below They'll they'll give you one percent, right? Let's say, uh, but if you have the above above this account amount, they'll give you ten percent. Mm-hmm. So like it's if you if you exceed exceed the minimum requirement, your interest is like cashing in your wallet. Plus, they always have some bonus. So if you deposit a number amount, they'll give you five hundred straight out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like I and I know a lot of the a lot of places they're trying to be more competitive. Like you know one you know one credit union, they have like a special safe checking account where if you do a, if you at least meet certain criteria every month, you get up to like two or three percent on your money a, a year. And, and if you have like a good chunk of money in there, it doesn't it's not a huge amount, but it's going to be a lot more than you may make a couple hundred dollars a year in interest, which 
it's not great, but that's pretty darn good because most banks you just make cents or just dollars. So, so we've been talking about a lot of bank about banking, and and in regards mostly debit. Yes, debit banking, right? In which it's the money that you own, and it's your money. I want to know, Scarlett, what's your thoughts on credit? Credit cards. Credit cards. Yes. Oh, you're so excited. (laughs) Oh, no, no, not at all. It's more a mix of like interest, but also horror. (laughs) I think uh, credit system, China also has this credit system um, that you will be like um, evaluated if you want to buy a house or a car or something. And it will depend on your credit, how much money you can loan and take from the bank. Um, But... I think every bank in China, they're trying to lure customers to have credit by credit cards. Hmm. Yeah, so that they can. Uh... <laughs> so they can. Do you think it's like a way for them to like, kind of like get more money out of you, or is it? Do Do you see it as malicious, or is it, or is it like, like more of like a more of like a, a bad intent, or more of a <laughs> neutral, or maybe even positive intent? Well, <laughs> about their intent, I cannot tell, but I think it's, it's totally depends on individuals. If, how, what do you think of your credit? And, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a big thing, especially here in, in the U.S., because mm-hmm. uh, in order for you to make those big purchases like cars, like houses, like um, name it, uh, we always look at your credit, right? Mm-hmm. And, and something that can be for or against you is your credit card right so like uh, as you purchase through your history right those a lot of people think of credit cards as micro loans and this is a very bad way of looking at credit cards because that means that you're racking up interest uh, instead of building good credit exactly because you know from the time you begin, like you know, like you have college college loans, that's mm-hmm. credit. You pay those off. That if you all, because it, it all comes together into your credit score. Yeah. You know, it's common knowledge. But and the the more you you pay your bills on time, you have good money habits. That will make your score go up. Mm-hmm. And that's what a lot of people don't realize is they credit they look at credit cards. Oh my God, it's it's horror. It's evil. Oh, they're gonna you know take it full advantage of me. And yeah, a lot of people that's the case. But if you learn about it and know how to manage it, it can actually be good, very good for you. Especially if you can find like cashback credit cards, travel credit cards yeah. that give you points. If you can manage those very well, you actually can get money from them because okay. you know you can have to spend money on things. That's that's yeah. your, that's you know inescapable. But if you can, yeah. you have to spend the money, and you can use a credit card to get something back. Why not? You just have to manage it correctly. Yeah, so I'm an Amazon addict. I buy a whole <laughs> lot of stuff from Amazon. Uh, just because, like, now, I mean, heck, I can even do my grocery through Amazon. So, like, why not? And uh, the thing that I got, because uh, I'm a Prime member, was their Amazon credit card. And every purchase I do through Amazon, I get 5% back. And within a year, I was able to accrue, eh, let's say... A couple hundred dollars. Like, oh, like, nice. Like I was able to buy uh, a very expensive server uh, for free, and like I buy all my video games with that credit that I get. So like I mean that's not that's like sixty bucks per video game type of thing. No, that's so that's like, that's funny great. for like for firms like Amazon. Amazon is like, is considered 
as a company, right? Not a bank that they can give you an issue credit cards even. Yeah. But in China, only banks are allowed to do that. Would I mean, would Alipay, Alibaba, not have a credit card of their own? Actually, the service is a kind of a credit credit system, but they don't call it credit card.、Mm. You know, it's like. Uh, if you use their money and you can actually every month use the Ali service and then it's a monthly, you have to pay it on a monthly basis.、Yeah. So mm. it's like but, it's but, something like a credit card, but it's yeah, yeah,、uh, yeah. Because I I get I get the sense. Yeah, but that's a money system. I mean,、mm. for Amazon, it's a it's a. And what's really crazy about Ali Ali Pay is that. Within Alipay, you can actually invest in the stock market. You can invest in CDs. I think Alipay is taking you can over do banks. All, you can do all the <laughs> same. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. Doing, they are doing a lot of businesses that banks are supposed to be doing. Yeah,、mm. it's crazy. When I first got, I was like, "Oh my god, you can do all these things!" And they even have what's called eubal. Eubal. And literally, it's、the、like envelopes. No, no,、oh, no.、Okay. It's basically like you、uh, put money, and they give you interest every day.、Mm. So like. My girlfriend, she had like a, she was getting almost ten yuan a day in interest because she put a bunch of money in. This is kind of yeah, like a bond. Yeah, that's why that. Yeah, you deposit money in、mm. that special service and you get interest. And it's I mean, it, it. it's、mm. I've never seen anything like it. I mean, there's nothing here that really compares to the rate of return because you get paid out every day. It's like so you know. Only a small amount of money. Sure, I mean, yeah, but I mean, like. My girlfriend had yes, over a at one point I had like a hundred thousand. And you can always、there. you can always cash. Yeah, you can still cash use cash out and or deposit、it. money. You can use it. Yeah, because she said saving up for you know for her house for a mortgage for to pay off a big chunk of her mortgage.、Mm -hmm. So she put it in there and she got like over a hundred thousand and she was getting like ten plus a day. Yeah. And she just kept it in there until she finally had to spend it. But she made a good chunk of money just by leaving it there. And I'm just like, dang. And you know, ten yuan is not a lot, but that's like that's over a dollar a day. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's very interesting because it, it's kind of like like bonds or like、um, like a money market,、um, money market, and kind of like a stock almost. Yeah, but the thing is, I have noticed that in the last few years the rate of return is going down. It started off quite very high, but now it's starting to go down. I think because it's unsustainable. You think so? You think so? <laughs> well, I can't say for certain, but I mean, I think because it's generally gone down the rate of return or the the yield that people get. I just think because when they started it, it was very high, and and you know, as they say, nothing is completely sustainable forever. So, like, for give me an example of something that you would、uh, quote unquote invest in. Like investing. Like yeah, like when you put the money in for the. Interest, right? Like, is it like you're putting money on a grocery store, right? Like, or is it like well, a, I think with EU, like a service, like EU about it's just sitting there like a bank account. You know, it's a kind you're of investment actually, itself. You're not actually you're not really investing in anything specific. It's just investing in the money in Alipay. You just put money in it. It's an、oh. investment. Yeah. So actually, like you're not. You're, it's it's basically all through Alipay. Is、it's、it not, is it is it pooled within a certain amount of people? Like or is everybody it, can do that, but it's not. But there's nothing like it here in in, this, like, in in a direct comparison. Like, can you and me put into the same one? No, it's no, like individual it's, by individual. individual. You, you you put money in an account,、mm. in an account, and then everybody. It's basically an app, app、mm. service, and if you have a phone, and you can. Yeah, it's literally like basically a, like an an 
a savings, basically like a, a, a special types of savings account no. within the Alipay yeah. system that you just gain interest on every day. And you but, don't have to go to the bank and do the, all the paperwork. No, no paperwork <laughs> or anything. You just, as long as you exactly. have an Alipay account, you can do it. But <laughs> now one thing that's very important, as a non-Chinese, I cannot do it. Mm. So, so my girlfriend can do it. I can use Alipay. I can do all that, but I can't invest anything because I'm not a Chinese citizen. Oh, okay. Which I think is very unfortunate, but... I actually don't really make money out of that service because I spend all the money. <laughs> they have really good deals on special occasions like November 11th and stuff. Mm. You spend all this money you get. Well, another thing I found was interesting was that in China, like um, when I was a student, I saved up a good chunk of money. I remember I put my money into a, a, a CD through my bank and it had almost a 3% interest rate, mm. which I mean, that's really high. And, you know, I had I saved up a bunch of money, didn't need it, so I put it in for a year and I got a good return out of it from that. Mm. So I found that just the, 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 the percentage yield or the rate of return was a little higher. Now it has gone down, but, you know, back in... 2015, 2016, when I did that, it was about 3% for that CD that I just did. I'm like, well, I can't not use the money. I might as well put it to use. And I got a good chunk of return or a good chunk of change from that from just putting having it in a year. Mm. I think for my parents' generation, because my mom always, always, she always loved to go to uh, the banks or the post office and they can buy, and she always buy this service or products from there and just basically deposit money in one product and then she wait for a year and she get money back mm. a lot of i think there are people from their generation they love to do to buy products from banks mm. in china well, like commodities like, yes yeah. like commodities they just buy products and they invest money and the bank take all this money to do something <laughs> right mm. yeah mm-hmm. and they get a uh, part of that can share a part of that interest. Yeah. Well, just like if you buy gold or other commodities here, yes. people do that as kind of a hedge their bet against you know the market by having some solid you know mm-hmm. bullion or silver in mm-hmm. in their yeah. account or in their investment profile portfolio. It'd be, it'd be very interesting to talk about maybe in a future episode regarding uh, the stock or investments like this. Uh, oh, that is a that is a whole. I, I, it's kind of not in day. I, I know compared to here. Yeah, the stock market in China is very different from the stock market here. Not in structure, but just in in terms of like volatility and mm. the <laughs> how people use it or can lose or win. Do you guys invest money in stock market? Yes, yeah. we do. Oh, you all you both so, do yeah. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like the the problem is that that's kind of a. A big part of retirement yes. for in the United States. In order for you to have a yeah. livable retirement, you need to yeah. have some type of an yeah. investment. And I would say that it's not more like you know trading. It's more it, we look at it as more of a long term. You know, it's not yeah. like I say China. I know a lot of people. It's all about you know get the quick flip. You know, they mm. buy a buy a yeah. stock, it goes up, and they sell it here. Yeah, people do that, but. Most investors they buy into like a mutual fund, an ETF, something that's designed to grow slowly, steadily. You know, so maybe when they retire, they'll they'll like double or you know, because now the average return of the stock market has been like around seven percent, you know, since it's, it, or seven percent give or take. So the goal is to just 
every you add money every month to it, your your portfolio, and it just mm-hmm. grows, grows. Of course, it's going to go up and down. At the end of the day, it's going to end up, yeah. statistically speaking, higher than when you began. I mean, I mean thus far. <laughs> I mean, inflation occurs. So, and yeah. that's another reason why people use the stock market. It beat it will it usually beats inflation, because. Yeah. Most bank accounts, you're actually losing money over time because inflation is going to actually cut down how much money you really have. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it'd be very interesting to speak retirement in in, in foreign countries. That'd be yes, nice. that would be. Oh, yes. um, so, Scarlett. So, any last things you want to mention about banking here before you wrap up today? Mm, um, I'm still trying to figure out the banking system <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, see if I can get some benefits from it. Yeah, I'll try. You definitely to, can. Yeah. And, you know, I know a lot of people don't really have a huge interest in it, but I think if you just put a little time and effort into it, you can really, wow, I didn't know that. It, it will, you will actually create more interest. I actually know some people, some Chinese students who's here in the United States, they can, they earn money, they get money from their bank account. They have several <laughs> bank accounts. I have people telling me that. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so, mm. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's not bad. No, yeah, it's, uh, you know, you... You, you, you always it, can find the chances to get a bonus, like yeah. the $200 that I get from Commerce Bank. Yeah, Yeah, and I think, you know, regardless, of, at the end of the day, regardless of where you do business, where you, you know, earn money, make money, spend your money, if you take the time and effort to get to know every every place's system, you can yes. benefit from it. You, yes. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, a lot of people don't. <laughs> uh, you you got you got to know yeah, how to play the game. Yeah, you should have a lecture on that. What's that? On campus. You you should you should try to organize. <laughs> you uh, should have yeah. yeah you can have a class on that. <laughs> well, I I just think that anytime people or students, travelers go. I was abroad, an international student when I went to the orientation. They didn't tell me anything about banking or oh yeah bank that you can turn to, hmm. and they they just gave us a, a list of things that you should do, and open up bank account from a bank that's it oh wow <laughs> well and you know it's scary for having me been to an go. international student myself that's much easier said than done yeah yeah and, and it's had, so unfair the Chinese university offer good service because you yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean yeah, yeah they, they, they set you up man like he had to go out and research it and all the paperwork of course are in English <laughs> well all the paperwork was in Chinese so yeah, just to but say yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I can't complain too much, but no, I do think that that is something that definitely you know there needs there needs to be more discussion about this at all levels because financial literacy and education is something that really is lacking, not just here but all over the place. And I think if more people actually are given the opportunity to learn about it, you'll actually have less financial in, you know instability in the world. So yeah, banking in foreign countries. So this was a fun topic. I actually had quite a bit of fun. Uh, if you guys want to shoot us an email at internationalemergencepodcast at gmail.com with your thoughts or any topics that you guys would like to discuss in the future, please send us a email, fax, depending on where you are in the world. And then... <laughs> uh, and we will review your comments and we'll give, you'll give us good ideas of what we can what content we can create in the future. Yeah, so uh, just signing off. Uh, adios. Goodbye or zaijian. Zaijian. See you next time. See you next time.